My name is Andrew Jones. I'm a cinephile, as you can tell. I'm oh, sorry. I'm Johnny Anderson. I'm moving that. Oh, you should be sorry. You should be sorry that you're eating on microphone. Are you moving <laughs> that? I am indeed moving that. Good. The, the name of the podcast is I Move Mad. I show you films. You show me yours. What are you eating? Um, I'm eating mini cheddars because we were just chatting away and I, I, I forgot I'd said, oh, you know, I'm ready when you are. Start recording. Um, yeah, and, I, and I was ready, so I figured I'd start, but also, you know, chill out, have fun. We're talking 4K. Because we are indeed. What's the point of going to the cinema anymore when the cinema doesn't exist? Well, Life isn't the same. Getting released. Yeah. December 16th. No, nine days later, it's on HBO Max. So it'll be everywhere. That's the thing. I'm one, I'm trying to debate with myself whether to go and see it in IMAX. Are um, you willing to put yourself in that risk? I mean, I did for Tenet, and I yeah. feel like less people would go see Wonder Woman than would go see Tenet. I believe you're misunderstanding the fact that it's Wonder Woman. Yeah, but I'm also trying or to Or in Ireland, like as it's referred to, Wonder Woman. <laughs> what? The uh, Irish Film Board, on their website, it still says it currently, as of time of recording, which is uh, the day before Thanksgiving, uh, it lists the film as a 12A, 150 minutes, 59 seconds, and the title is Wonder Woman 1984. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I mean, that's just the Irish one. Yeah, that's... The Irish love their Wonder Womans. <laughs> to be sure. To be sure. Um, Potatoes. But hey, we're not watching Wonder Woman this week. What are we watching this week? No, um, we're watching another Mike Judge movie. Don't judge okay. me. Judge December. Because last week's Mike Judge movie went down okay. Pretty, pretty fine. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it did. You, it you notice that people in Butthead, they, they did America. They firmly did America. They did. They did. But um, that was a satire on a whole generation of slackers and chill. Yeah. What, so what do you know about Mike Judge? Um, nothing except the name. Uh, do you know who I've got in my head um, oh. as Mike Judge? Uh, is uh, Who is the guy, the comedian that did that football manager? Was it a film? Bassett? Mike Bassett? Ricky Tomlinson. Yeah, that's... Is that Ricky Tomlinson? He was Mike Bassett, England manager. Yeah, that, that's who I think of when I think uh, Mike Judge. Well, you remind me, actually... so you were talking about comedy and stuff, and I remembered uh, last week we uh, talked about Beavis and Butthead and all its various reprisals. We didn't mm. mention that uh, a couple of years ago, Beavis and Butthead had a second reprise. They were brought back briefly. Well, you without, mentioned without... you'd watched one of their reprises. Yeah, but this was uh, without animation. Oh, this was really? Mike Judge oh. just doing the voices at the end during the end credits, I believe, of a two-hour, fifteen-minute Netflix movie. What? Yeah. What? What Netflix movie? What movie? What Netflix movies? What fra- What brand of Netflix movies do you reckon runs two hours, fifteen minutes, and might contain Mike Judge? Doing oh, probably an Adam Sandler movie. Bing, 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 bing. Mm-hmm. Uncut gems. Uncut gems. With the real uncut gem. Well, I think it's probably pretty cut, given the way that he was very Jewish. Uh, Sandy Wexler. 
at the end of Sandy Wexler, during the credits of Sandy Wexler, where they have more cameos and various people talking to the camera about how great Sandy Wexler is, Mike Judge just voices Beavis and Butthead again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, no, it looks very different to what I expected. I Yeah, I had... Um, I didn't expect bored and uh, angry looking, basically like uh, Hank Hill. Yeah, no, I had, um, I had basically Mike Bassett. Um, Which is kind I of more of like an anamorphics. I, yeah. I never knew Mike Bassett was um was played by uh Ricky Tomlinson. Was it? Yeah. I he asked quite cleaned it. up. Remember remember Royal Family? Yeah. I don't want to I've watch the crowd, I'd rather watch the Royal Family. Oh, the Royal Family is so charming. Yeah. Caroline Ahern. What are you excited about? They work together so well. Are you excited about Vicar of Dibley? No. Coming back for Christmas. Is it? Are you not excited because Caroline Ahern's not around anymore? Or were you just never a Vicar of Dibley fan? Was she, was she in the Vicar of Dibley? Caroline Ahern, yeah. She's, no, she, if you're thinking of the, uh, the, 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 the dim but nice person, that wasn't her. No? No, that was a different woman. I don't oh. remember her name. I know, but they kind of died around the same time. It was like, uh, oh, that's, right, okay. that's weird. <laughs> Hmm. I don't. Um, Both very tragic. One more so. <clears throat> well, hey, what Mike Judge film are we watching? Uh, we're watching what would be referred to as his most known of the films. Okay. Most beloved of the films. It's Office right. Space. Yes. Now I've I've seen the cover right. for Office Space. Which um, version? Uh, the just yeah, the the post-it note man. Yep. Um, this is a superhero film. We should say it does star post-it note man. <laughs> I was also thinking of a cover where someone's got like tubes going up his nose or something, but I think that's a different comedy. It's a different office comedy. I think. Tubes going up his nose. Are you sure that's not a guest house parody? So. No, it's Rick Mail getting Adrian Emerson with like a bunch of things up his nose to. Yeah, uh, it could be Rick Mel. Um I was thinking it was um, a uh, oh. Steve Coogan comedy. Steve Coogan has tubes up his nose. Let's go through the yeah. Steve Coogan comedies. There's a parole officer. Yes, that might be it. Hold on. Parole officer. Well, that's him with a VHS tape looking like he's caught. About very behind him standing in a lion's waiting no i i seem to remember two like black tubes going up a nose up up nose up nostrils this is strange i don't even know what this could be oh oh yeah yeah uh paradiso the the this has paradiso yeah was it not the film that taught me the 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 word the c word yes paradiso Simon what Pegg. is it going up his nose? It's yeah, uh, there's like two black tube thingies, or is it metal? It's metal, I believe. Ah, uh, right. I always, I always thought of it. It's, it's like, like a tongs kind of thing, or something like that. Yeah, yeah not tongs, no, like a it. you know what Talk I mean, of... like a. I I just remember growing up and seeing that cover and thinking it looked like licorice coming out of a nose, like black yeah. licorice. That's how licorice um, is made, and that's why and it's I... delicious. Yeah, I always got confused by it. 
Uh, because you were thinking, oh, wait a second, is this a dip dab? Yes. Am I about to open this uh, VHS and get a Sherbet Surprise? Now, um, in terms of office, office space, oh, I think... <laughs> can't, yeah, I'm not a fan of a, a Sherbet Surprise, thanks. Mm. Um, in terms of office space, I think uh, I've seen the image of the man kind of leaning against the office cubicle being like, yeah. yeah, if you can get that done. So if you could uh, go ahead and uh, get that done. This, yeah, uh, some... this, meme, this meme, I want you to go ahead and uh, and uh, make this a meme, if you could. Yeah, that's, I'm, looking forward to, I'm looking forward to seeing the origin of that meme now. And you, you um, know who that man is, of course, then. If you've seen the picture, you know that's Gary Cole, iconic actor. Oh, right. Character okay. actor you've seen in everything. Now, he always reminds me of um, Christian Bale in American Psycho. Yes, he is very yeah. beautiful. Yeah. And you could imagine um, him, you know, having three-way sex and throwing a chainsaw down a stairwell. I'm pretty sure Gary Cole's probably tried that once or twice. <laughs> but other than that, I don't know anything about it. So what what do you think I should know going into this? Um, I'll give you a heads up. Jennifer Aniston is in this film. Okay. The Jennifer right. Aniston comedy. Right. And so it was marketed as, like, uh, you know, while Friends was hot. It's like, hey, Jennifer Aniston is this new comedy from the creator of King of the Hill. Go and see this definitely broad, silly, you know, you and your friends will laugh at and definitely understand and be like, this is just out and out brilliant because people people are falling down all the time like it's Friends. So this was during while she was filming Friends in between. Well, this was this came out in 99. So this would be a 19th shoot. Right. So, but she was. She. I imagine while she was filming this, uh, she was on a break with friends. What do you want me to do? <laughs> do you want That's me, to, what you, do you want me to confirm she, that you have made a reference to a TV <laughs> show that was popular back in the nineties? Was she on a break? Can we just can we just confirm this once and for all? Okay. Look, I can confirm that back in the nineties, she was on a very Famous TV show. Yes. <laughs> She's Jennifer Aniston. Jennifer Aniston, don't act like you didn't. <laughs> um, She's trying to hold on to her cake. Does anyone else pop up? It's been any, so any long. Other... I don't think she's going to bake. <laughs> Does any other friends, alumni, pop up? Well, you say alumni, that's impossible for me to know because someone might have been on an episode. I don't, right. I don't know. I don't did, know did who's been on every episode. Like, I, I watched it. I've watched every episode, but they didn't stick with me. When I watch Pointless, and people are referring to like random characters, random actors they know off by heart, like all <laughs> of, I don't know what Joey's siblings. I think <laughs> what the fuck. She, wait, this isn't so the Simpsons. You, it's not cool you, to know this shit. It's embarrassing watched, to know this shit. It would be watched, like if someone could tell you every single line of dialogue from Everybody Loves Raymond, you'd look down on them because it's friends, yeah. you get redeemed. It's like, because I know about <laughs> films and then I'm standing on a train and everyone's going to um, Stratford to watch West Ham play and they look at me like I'm scum because I know about films, whilst they're just rattling off statistics about strikers all the fucking time. And I think you're the weird ones, actually. You're the weird aspect ratios of different films and the when, when they're being projected incorrectly. That makes me good. That makes me smart, intelligent in my field. My... <laughs> craft my trade you mother flippers <laughs> i was um see when i said did you grow up with friends i meant in the, in the way that 
I think a lot of our generation did in terms of you grew up no, watching it and then re-watching it and re-watching I didn't it on video tapes. friends, okay? <laughs> a couple of people around the corner were cycled to every you know, Saturday, maybe, if I was lucky. How many, how many times did you watch Friends? Did you only watch it once when it was... I watched you it while it was airing and thus watched repeats as it was airing to catch up on things. Right. Which repeats a couple of times when it was an E4. But I wouldn't say, yeah, I never went through it episode by episode, instinctively crossing things off. I assume I've seen every episode. Oh, wow. So you never did the um, the the daily E4 show, like, you know, from beginning to end. You know, That's they'd not. start with... I'd kill myself before I did that. Two episodes a day for five days a week. No, I did it whenever it was on TV, when it was Channel 4. I was like, there we go. Wow. Oh. Yeah, you so I, I feel like I've seen you know most of Sex and the City through that same thing and half of Alan McBill. I don't need to watch more. I've seen no, everything. Seen I need. Sex and the City or Alan McBill. And what you have to know is that um, there's a city. All right, and what's and in there's it? sex? No, it's not in oh. it. It's and. Oh, it's and, is it? It's not Sex in the City. It's Sex and the City. Right. How dare you assume? Like everyone else seems to assume that it's Sex in the City. So, that's an obvious title. Sex in the City is about two things. You can say that sex is a character in Sex in the City, and that New York really is a character. New York City, I should mention, not the state, obviously. Mm. We're not looking, so, you know, at the cat skills for this motherfucker. Um, so who else is in Office Space? We've got Jennifer Allison. But Jennifer Allison. You've got Gary Cole, as I mentioned. Right. Um, do, you want to, do you want a beloved character actor? Go on. Okay. How's Stephen Root do you? Ah, uh, Stephen. See, that was another thing I was thinking is that because uh, I remember seeing his face uh, in terms of office face. His stuff. face, but face. Um, and I, when you said Mike Judge, I think I also had. So I think I had sort of a cross between Mike Bassett and Stephen Root. Even though I know Stephen Root, but I think he was he's a lot younger in this, isn't he? So yeah, he's made to look old. Anyway, he's always been old looking. In yeah. the best way possible. He's a beautiful, beautiful soul. I love Steve Roots so very much. He's just he's just professionalism, character actor, genius, and inherently charmingly funny. Which makes where his appearance in Barry so enjoyable every time because he's got this weird arsehole attitude to him in Barry. Which is like, this is interesting, because he's also he's internally lovable and yet he's also being an absolute dick to Barry the entire time. So Mike Judge... I gets beaten up a fucking lot. Does Mike Judge <laughs> Have you seen act? Barry yet? No, I watched one or two episodes maybe when Keep it first going. released. But yeah, Keep going. Enjoy the uh, genius that is the character of No-Ho Hank. <laughs> um, does does Mike Judge not um, not act in his stuff then? I mean, he so does I think voice, that's what I always thought he did. But he's not, he's not inclined to be in front of the camera. He's not really uh, right. comfortable with his face. He's more of a voice performer. Interesting. So okay. that's why he's done, you know, he does 13 seasons of a show here and things like that. Mm. But he won't do, he won't step in front of the camera and be the star of his thing, because why not? Not when you can get Ron Livingston, who's mm. a very handsome man. I, I've always been, um, yeah, I've always kind of been intrigued by Office Space and these kind of office films. I, because... just, like the, I just like the aesthetics of the, uh, the cubicle. It's like um, the beginning of the Matrix. I always just like that set of oh, well, of you know. um, the heart of the city hotel, and it's heart of the city, not heart in the city's hotel. Yeah, all the all the cubicles and like a massive 
There's no cubicles at the start of the Matrix. Well, you know, she's in the room. Your men are already dead. Um, Run, Trinity. Get up. Run. I go over the roof, dive through that window, and points up. Phone booth, like uh, Kiefer Sutherland. (laughs) And then the truck drives into it. She gets out of there. Wait, what's that? The Matrix has you, Neo. Wake up. Follow the white rabbit. Yeah, I think I'll go to the club. I'll go to the club for this. So, hey, Trinity. Oh, are we going to have a little kiss whilst, uh, I think, white zombie play? God, I forgot how much happens before the office. Um, You've got a bit of time. You get like 15 yeah. solid minutes before I even get into, uh, yes, perfectly clear. But yeah, I always like... <laughs> Squeegee, the Matrix I has always, you. I always like... Um, Let's watch the Matrix. <laughs> oh, good. I always like those popcorn. kind of those kind of sets of like you know big floor with cubicles you are, all around you are you are Ooh. a lobbyist for big floor and it's disgusting yeah <laughs> always trying to promote floorboards and tiles so i'm what i'm hoping Square is it's pieces. i'm i'm hoping it's a film set entirely on uh, an office floor um you're going to be disappointed oh I was going to say, I don't want us to leave at all. Well, we're going to have to leave because the clue is in the title. It's not just, it's not called Office Earth, is it? Yeah. But there's a lot of space in, in the, on the floor. Yeah, but it's not called Office Earth. So I thought maybe... They're going, going into outer space, Oh, baby. they're going into space. Okay. Office space. Right. That's where we're doing it. The <laughs> science fiction. Secret science fiction. <laughs> Do you think I'm going to like this? You are going to really enjoy this film. You're going to be so surprised. Okay. You're going to watch this and go, boy, David Herman. It's interesting to watch him perform on camera because usually he, he is one of the great voice actors. I'm going to be and surprised. So it's strange to watch him. Yeah, you're going to be surprised, surprised by how the much plot? Or... By the plot, certainly. What do you reckon the plot is? Honestly, I, have, I think, I feel like it's going to be a day in the life kind of thing. And he's going around to each little cubicle trying to get things done and and he's just his um he just becomes more and more despaired so we're um, saying so you're saying that uh, this this meme of Gary Cole as uh, Lumbar he's going to be the uh, central focus yeah he's going to not um, like so like in a four rooms style way he's the Tim Roth of four rooms oh, that would yeah. be good yeah well i was going to say and, and we are going to have a sequence in which it's one take and it's Bruce Willis and Quentin Tarantino discussing something <laughs> and doing cocaine probably oh man if only <sighs> and it's um, really tedious and annoying but it's kind of the best segment because <laughs> just just simply by the fact of not being the worst segment which is every other segment because that film is sloppy yeah so I'm at 35 um, millimeter last year <laughs> I yeah, do it I, I think that is going to be the, the start of the film like you know the kicking off point do this for me if you can get that done uh, that'd be great and um, and then it's yeah I just need you to just, go ahead and uh... And then it just gets wackier and wackier. I don't know. Yeah. Wackier. And I feel like, yeah, I feel like um, I wouldn't mind an ending where he kind of, you see him outside the big office skyscraper building and you see him step out and then like, this is how I, this is how I would end the film that I don't know anything about. Yeah, but I mean, we're learning your plot is it's a, it's a Linklater-esque uh, vignette segment piece 
yeah. with one character who's the through line and how it ends yeah. is he steps out of this office block which has been the central focus the hub of the entire story of the film yeah and he steps into the world and he just goes he, he melds in with the the city folk uh, oh, I guess in, he steps in, out of the, the world and gets run over by a car because <laughs> the safety <laughs> of the office <laughs> He looks both um, ways, and then he immediately steps out. The car hits him, how to do my style? Because <laughs> there's no space outside. There's only space in the office. There's only space um, in the office. But yeah, just you know, I that's what I've got envisioned is a shot of him stepping out onto the street, and then kind of going in the crowd, and the credits are rolling, and you kind of just lose sight of him as he's. Is this is this is this in your vision, or is this in your? Is this in Wonder Vision? <laughs> Could be in a Wonder Vision as well. We'll find out next month. I mean, that's part of the Fox branding, Fox and Disney. So Marvel can totally <laughs> just make an entire Office Space Wonder Vision episode if they wanted to. Yeah, yeah. We should uh, call up Disney. What's their number? <laughs> one. <laughs> Probably number is one. by now. <laughs> they bought the rights to the phone yeah. number one. <laughs> um. I'm, I've got the Office Space Wikipedia page up. I'm, okay. not, I'm not reading anything. Do you want to, do you want um, to look at the budget real quick? Okay, budget uh, 10 million. Okay, what's the box office on it? 12.2. Yeah, that sounds about right. Um, yeah, it was. It became a cult hit eventually. Yeah, there's a thing here that says cult status under reception. Um, oh, no, that's uh, not about that. That's because Gary Cole invented Nexium. Um, Is that still um, relevant at this point? <laughs> yeah, I keep meaning to watch the other Nexium show. Oh, I've the one heard... that everyone says is good, and it's yeah, also I've I think heard it's four episodes. Good, and I'm like, yeah, but I've done like you know however many episodes of the other ones. I know the story now, but I've yeah, I keep. You think you know the story? Yeah. <laughs> um, but also for this Office Space uh, Wikipedia page, yeah. uh, the contents, uh, mm. things that have jumped out. Uh, there's an in culture printer scene. And then there's a red stapler. So that, that's interesting. Um, and it says, in other media, video game. Sure. Now I'm going to click into this and just see what it says. Oh, yeah, mobile game based on the film. Oh, okay. I was, I was expecting a, like, I don't know. Um, what year was this? 1999. So PlayStation. Like, yeah. Title. A, dream, a Dreamcast launch title. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Get back. I'm, to I'm intrigued. I think I'm going to enjoy this. I'm. I'm excited about going. Into this. You will see a credit in this at the start of this film saying that it's uh, based on a cartoon. By the way. Okay. This is uh, technically an adaptation of I'm more... uh, of a, a series of SNL comic cartoons that Mike Judge did in the early nineties. So it's basically I'm... it's an SNL movie. So it's basically Wayne's World. I am more uh, inclined the to watch Brothers. this and have been more inclined to watch this before recording podcasts um, than I was for Beavis and last week. Yeah. And certainly um, more than next week's, I'm guessing. Then. Yes, possibly. I can't remember next what next week is. Idiocracy. Is. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know anything about idiocracy. I've got no That's interest. Um, uh, you will, we'll talk about it. I think you're going to find a lot of investment in idiocracy. Okay. Um, oh, and I've just seen the cover for Office Space on your iTunes here, and there's a red stapler on top of some paper that might have come out of a printer. It's a red stapler. So, 
Mm-hmm. Oh, it came out of a printer. Oh, I hope it's not come out of a printer. You, what What are the things that you know that happen to printers in your working in offices or watching of offices? They jam. Do they? They're the worst. Oh, I can't stand how, it. How do you deal with that shit? Working in the hotel, right, that I'm, I, well, that I was currently working in before it closed because... At time of recording, you Yeah. Um, you're, you're, you're laundering money through the purpose of working... <laughs> It's yeah. it's especially annoying there because the printers are like low down underneath the computers um, <laughs> on the front desk, and you have to get down and you have to sort of like pull it out, and then you, your hands get all grubby, and Jeez. and then you have to sort of like um, pull the paper out. And you need to oh, get like a, it. and sometimes <laughs> sometimes get down, like, grit your if hands, you, if you get finger, if you fit, get your fingers in there, sometimes it's like super hot. And so, yeah, I have to, like, use a pencil, but I have to, like, I can't use a pen because I'm Wait, too worried all the pens are metal. Can you use a like, fucking pencil? To... Yeah, I use you're a pencil. fucking John Wick in this thing. <laughs> yeah. With a pen. Um, so, yeah, I'm not a fan of uh, printers much. Um, this will be interesting. I'm, I'm very intrigued. I, I think it's going to be like a Chekhov's printer now. I'm just going to be watching the whole film. <laughs> It'll be like, again, it's going to be like the... Um, the one armed one armed man in uh... the fugitive. No, in uh, Hot Tub Time Machine. Oh, Crispin Glover, who we've, who we've mentioned. He's got a name. Recently. Yeah, but the one armed man. We all, but we haven't watched Hot Tub Time Machine as an episode. We watched the fugitive as an episode. So it's I very know, confusing. Because yeah. when you say one armed man to me, I think of Harrison Ford. Right. Give me the one armed man. Hey Claire, Claire, where's the one armed man? I watched What Lies Beneath the other day. And oh. uh, Michelle. Fife plays Claire, but to Harrison Ford, you know, he calls his wife Claire. Claire. He can't seem to say Claire. He has to say Claire, Claire, Claire. What's going on, Claire? It's so weird. I'm wondering, um, what what the name of Claire? I just said (laughs) Root's character is going to be. Of Stephen Root's character. Yeah. I may have already mentioned it. Have you? Maybe I did. It's Dave. Something something like... Yeah, he's playing Dave. Kevin Klein is being replaced by Stephen Root in Dave 2. Office Dave. Oh, no, I was thinking uh, Dave and Meet Dave. He's actually controlled by... The Bill Corbett classic. (laughs) He's being controlled by tiny humans inside him. And who play those tiny humans? Can't remember. Oh, is it is it not Paul Shear because he got cut out even though he was you know kind of an extra in it now because of really? scenes that he was kind of hidden in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that film. Remember Meet Dave? I remember when it was coming out. I figured, boy, this looks trash. <laughs> and I didn't see it. I kind of regret not seeing it. Imagine that. Yeah, I just remember seeing it. It was a summer in, in Ireland. Do you know what I imagine that was about, by the way? What? Because that was like, you know, Eddie Murphy. He's got to make, you know, money in his banker job, but he wants to he's got to learn to spend time with his daughter. Right. One of those films. That film, right, is she's got like this magic blanket or something, and that she, uh, as she holds it, she draws over his uh, stock, you know, futures ideas. 
and all those drawings become like basis of the uh, actual futures of the stock markets. And so a magic blanket actually tells the future of uh, the financial industry. <laughs> yeah. I discovered um, that as I read the Wikipedia thinking, this can't be. What the, What was that thing actually about? Is it just some sort of... Bo- what the fuck? <laughs> that's why Eddie Murphy stopped making films, I think. Because <laughs> after that, it was like just Mr. Church. Right. That's, which didn't come out in the UK until it came free with ads on YouTube. Currently. <laughs> That's its only release in the UK. Oh, and uh, was it a thousand words? Which is the premise is oh, yeah. uh, Eddie Murphy, right? Fast talker, funny guy. What if he only gets a thousand more words to use the rest of his life? Did you ever so see he that? He can't speak. No, I didn't see that because why would I want to watch a film where Eddie Murphy can't speak? I did. I, it was. It's like watching Jesse Eisenberg not speak and play Marcel <laughs> Marceau. Yeah. You know, that's a friend's reference, right? <laughs> Well, shall we, uh, shall we head into this office space? No, do you want to clock in? All right, let's clock in. <sighs> let's go to work. From Mike Judge, creator of Beavis and Butthead and co-creator of King of the Hill, comes a movie about people who go to work. who are part of a team. And remember, next Friday is Hawaiian Shirt Day. Okay, but I could set the building on fire. Who respect their boss. We need to talk about your flair. Well, I have 15, 15 pieces on. 15 is the minimum. Brian, for example, has 37 pieces of flair on today. <laughs> and a terrific smile. And need to escape. I don't like my job, and I don't think I'm going to go anymore. One of these days, I, I, I just I just kick this piece of... I'm thinking now it might be more fun to just get fired. And I've always wondered what that would take. Oh, Peter, listen. Uh, well, it looks like you've been missing quite a bit of work lately. Well, I wouldn't say I've been missing it, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> That's just a straight shooter with upper management written all over him. We're going to be getting rid of these people here. Mr. Samir. Okay, thank you. Nayin and Najat. Not going to work here anymore anyway. <laughs> You haven't been showing up and you get to keep your job. Actually, I'm being promoted. Thank you, Bob. This is a, a suck. They're going to throw you out on the street so that Bill Lumberg's stock will go up. Ooh. It's completely unfair. Inatech deserves to go down. We're just the guys to do it. Tell me about that virus you're always talking about. The one that could rip off the company for a bunch of money. I'm not going to do anything illegal, Peter. Illegal? Samir, this is America. The worst they're going to do is they put you in a white-collar minimum security resort for a couple of months. You know they have conjugal visits there? I might be showing her my O face. Oh, oh. They let you have sex with women? They sure do. Okay, I'll do it. Office space. I know you've been getting pretty depressed about your job and everything, and so I just wanted to tell you, good things can happen in this world. I mean, look at me. That's what happened. Is the film happened and then 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 we're going to talk about the film and that was the film and then we're going to talk about the film that was the end of the second half of the show and we're going to continue to talk about the film. I just I need more Milton. We talk about the film. We decided to talk about other things, but this time we're going to talk about the film. We're going to talk about the film.
I need more Milton in my life. Well, well that was, was the uh, that was the uh, character that the uh, SNL shorts were based on. The, oh, uh, really? The, okay. the, the animated shorts, and that's why, and then it adapted into this. That's the character right. that was like the formation, and everything around that became. Right. Yeah, okay. I, I've, I've got to. I've got to watch those. Um, this was everything I wanted, um, <laughs> but I wanted even more. Like I, I'm, I'm so annoyed that it was only eighty nine minutes long because <laughs> I just. It's comfortable, isn't it? It's so comfortable. You could, I, I could have just watched an entire series of that. Um, I'm not even mad that I called the end of it because um, I'm glad I. I it's what I wanted. I wanted it to, to end during the film, like, like you know, before we when we were recording the first bit, I, that ending didn't happen. But about halfway through the film, I said, "Ah, oh, he's gonna set fire to the place, <laughs> and it's gonna <laughs> sort all the problems." And then when I saw that, because I was like, "Oh well, he only wrote he only wrote checks, didn't he?" Yeah. So I was like, "The money's still in his account, right?" Yep. So they just they just didn't say anything. But it right. turns out that wasn't the case. And I was like, oh, so the money's gone. They've got new jobs. And then what? the reveal. A wonderful reveal. To say, hey, the money's, the money's theoretically burned up in their eyes. They'll never know. Oh, I just... Good old Milton. He's having the time of his life being in oh, but he's, and he's Yeah, he's still... <laughs> Milton's gonna Milton. He's still, he's still <laughs> same old Milton. <laughs> But of all the whole mistreatments, Peter never does that. Peter's respectful. He's on the phone to him. He's a little bit annoyed yeah. about the radio. But even so, it's like, I, look, I know you can do it, but I just need this for this moment. Yeah. And even when he finds the red stapler in the rubble, he's like, I know someone who would want this. Yeah. Yeah, he's, no, I like that, that How nice. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. about nice people. In a world of horror, it's nice people. And, <sighs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> Every time Norton came up, I, it just, it was... I, I can't, honestly, halfway through the film, I was just thinking to myself, this is one of the best comedy characters I have seen in a long, I can't remember the last comedy character that has, that I have loved so much. Uh, was it Kevin and, Hart's role in Night School? <laughs> maybe. I haven't even seen Night School. Or was it but Kevin every... Hart's role in uh, Central Intelligence? <laughs> but honestly, maybe it was Kevin Hart's role in Gafford. Every time, every time Milton pops up, and I just, I, I feel like I was squealing even higher the more and more I saw of him. He's, I, I just really wish we could have watched one like next to each other. He's, your he does it. Was, he does it so damn well. Oh, he's a genius. And Stephen I love Root him. is just one of the greats. See, when I think of Stephen Root, I think mainly mm. of um, the Kevin Smith film he was in. Red State, right? Yeah. Okay. That's the first thing I, that comes to mind. What does he play in that? Uh, I can't even remember. I just remember okay. seeing him in it. <laughs> Are you sure not confusing um, him with John Goodman all of a sudden? No, no, no. I, okay. I, think, I think I'm right. I've got to double check this now. But I think he plays like... He's like a crooked governor or something. He's good at crooked governors. Sorry? He's good at like crooked governors or mayors or things like that. People who have somehow attained power through charm and also are very evil. Mm. What year was um two thousand eight? I want to say two thousand eight was a uh, Zachary Porno year. All right, two thousand eleven. Stephen Root, Sheriff Sheriff Wyden. 
Oh, she's right, a crooked so. sheriff then. There you go. Right. Um, yeah, so that's, oh, that's Joe's was Dempsey Peak. Yeah, that's the first thing I think of when it comes to him because I think that was the first time I, I he spotted had built him. He a badger together. To, that's a dream. Um, but I'm 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 just so glad I I got to see this and and this is <laughs> I'm spoiling the 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 answer to the inevitable question already. Go off. This is just this is just perfect and I thank you so much and I'm going to watch this over and over again and I need more Milton in my life I want to watch all the Stephen Root things now but I know I'm going to be disappointed because he won't be playing Milton yeah but it doesn't matter because it shows you the range of Stephen Root as one of the all time character actors on character actor Mount Rushmore him and Tobo I just Bill Camp's getting into that area now Oh, Wait, just, tell yeah. me about the first time you saw Office Space. Uh, the first time I saw Office Space, it, this would be one of those wonderful times to take, uh, like all the good ones. Uh, BBC Two during the okay. uh, noughties was showing stuff, and obviously right. at this point I'd seen uh, Beavis the Butthead do America on yeah. one of those BBC showings. And this is something you know you've you heard of a little bit, and they advertised it heavily on even on TV as like, hey, look, Jennifer Aniston. It's a film mm. with Jennifer Aniston from the creator of Beavis the Butthead and King of the Hill. I was like, okay, well, this could be something, right? And uh, me and my brother, we watched it, and we were expecting some sort of you know, broad comedy, and as immediately going off, it's quite vulgar in its you know charming way. Mm. And it's the uh, sequence, of course, with the cars and pulling into the different lanes and constantly getting messed up. I was like, oh, I get this kind of humour. This is a deconstruction of the insanity of life to writ large. Oh, 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 okay. And as it goes on and on with Lumberg being the absolute asshole and the printer jam situation, even, mm-hmm. you know, teenagers who are like, this might be one of the greatest pieces of writing. Yeah. This is astonishingly funny and well observed and really enjoyable. And, you know, then by, you know, we bought the DVD pretty quickly after that and it would become frequent watch. Yeah. Because, um... you know, what it takes a reel to start. Just like it's, this is like straight up yeah. 18 minutes before the hypnosis segment comes in, which is the plot kicking off. And then mm. I think it's like 48 minutes into the film when it's like, oh, actually, now it's a heist movie. <laughs> <laughs> and that takes up 20 minutes of that just... before things go to pot again, maybe 25 minutes. It's just like, hey, here's bits, here's stories, here's crazy, now... here's, you know, flair. Now I'm I'm back on the Wikipedia page here, oh, and I'm yeah. looking at reception because I wanted to look into um because there's, oh, um, there's headers for um, I believe into... on the subtitles there's a reception uh, Nina you're thinking corporate accounts speaking. Um... <laughs> well, one of the headings is the printer scene and red stapler, which is you know I got hints and I was like, oh, I wonder what that means. So I'm, <laughs> I want to look into that, but I'm just scanning through first legacy. It's become a cult classic, selling well on home video and DVD uh, as of 2003. Geez, uh, it sold 2.6 million copies on VHS and DVD. In the same year, it was in the top 20 best-selling Fox DVDs. 2006, it sold over 6 million DVDs in the US alone. Um, here's, <laughs> and I was going to ask you about this because uh, I want to get your take on it. Uh, but uh, okay. I just it says uh, four, four years after the film's release, Judge recalled that 
one of his assistant directors on the film told him they'd gone out to eat at the TGI Fridays and noticed that the wait staff were no longer wearing buttons on their uniforms. The flair, Joanna quits her job over in the film, asked why the manager told him that Office Space had come out. Um, after Office Space came out, people started making jokes about it. So the chain dropped the requirement from its dress code. So maybe I made the world a better place. Yeah, I'm... sometimes protest works. <laughs> I'm curious what your uh, what your flares. What do you think your flares would be? What what pins would you look at? Oh, right, because I was going to say, you know, probably just a pair of jeans that go at the bottom. <laughs> What buttons would I have? I take a friend of mine. Uh, we went to Los Angeles a couple of years ago. Yeah. Um, my friend Jonathan, not Johnny, Jonathan. Yeah. He wanted to uh, go to this uh, small, like, movie merchandise place, which was hidden oh, in right. one of those really cool gated, like, little plaza areas. Where there's, like, oh. a little fountain, a bunch of small shops. And in there was, like, the, all these buttons for cheap. One of them was uh, Memoirs of the Invisible Man. The uh, Cherry Chase John Carpenter film, which is you know really bad, right? But it's really cool because it was one of those um, what do you call it holographic, not holographic, but you move it around once, yeah. And so yeah, some, sometimes it moves around and it's just pure white, and then you move it around again and it says Memoirs of Invisible Man, and that's it, right? It's a plain white button. Sometimes it's like, oh, it's a film I've not heard of. Yeah, I think that's cool. I'd have that like yeah. fifteen times, <laughs> just fifteen of those. No, you know what? I'd also have either side. I'd have two cat's eyes. Okay, I think that's important to remind people that cats exist. Mm-hmm. Solidarity yeah. with everyone who's suffering. Great musicals. Um, how many Tarantino quotes can one get on a button? Ah, bad motherfucker. <laughs> sure. Would they let you have that? Because they want you to... If they, yeah, look, players. hey, look, that's one of your key points. Hey, 15 of them. Well, I know what one of them is going to have to be. You can choose the other 14 for me, but if I'm going to be working here and you want me to work here because I'm clearly the best person to ever work here, I need a bad motherfucker pin. Yeah, it's like either I'm having 14 or I'm having 15 with the bad motherfucker pin. Your yeah. choice. <laughs> choose. Um, right, so let's look into the in-culture bit. Several elements have been have become memes. Uh, the TPS report uh, has come to connote uh, mindless paperwork. Um, film is credited with coining the new popular term, popular the now popular slang term "ass clown." Um, wow. Da, 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 da. Oh, funny! You mentioned this while we were watching. Uh, uh, Funny or Die put together several videos in which it spliced the actual Michael Bolton over Herman in scenes from the film. Um, right. Uh, so, printer scene. Before the 2009 Austin reunion screening, a printer was destroyed uh, outside the theatre in reference to the scene. Um, the scene has frequently been parodied, often by amateurs using similar electronic device in an open space somewhere emulating the characters, the original characters blocking camera angles and moves and sound effects and use of slow motion. Can you say, I know this thing exists, and I was trying to look up for it a little bit. They released a special edition DVD called With Flair. All right. <laughs> uh, so it includes the DVD. You also right. get a mouse pad, magnetic okay. picture frame, pen and pencil <laughs> set, 
TPS report notepad, <laughs> lumber coffee mug, right, and one last item. What do you reckon that last item is? I haven't mentioned it yet. Uh, is it red stapler? It's hundred percent the red stapler. Yeah. Okay. You get a red stapler. Uh, well, hold on. During the campaign for the Republican nomination for the 2016 presidential election, election okay. Texas Senator Ted Cruz ran a political advertisement parodying the scene, showing an impersonator of likely Dem- Democratic nominee Hillary Clinton and two assistants destroying her personal email server with baseball. Really? Oh my god. And of course, Richard Linklater then would do a <laughs> campaign ad against Ted Cruz. Really? Yeah, in that same year. Jesus. You should look that up, because it's just a, it's just a one guy talking to the camera and go, you know, about how Ted Cruz is a weakling and doesn't represent Texas's strong qualities. <laughs> uh, right, so Red Stapler. Um, Red Stapler. Stephen Root says he realised the movie's impact when people started asking him to sign their staplers. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. Red Stapler featured prominently in film was not available until, until April 2002 when the company released it in response to a Peter request. Its appearance was Guys, you can dip staplers into pots of yeah. paint if you're that desperate. Come its on. Its appearance in the film was achieved by taking a standard swing line stapler and spray painting it. <laughs> See, right there, go. that's how good a quality I am at doing production work. TV stapler. <laughs> TV Tropes has named its page for the phenomenon where a product's appearance in media creates demand for it in the real world, sometimes sufficient enough for a manufacturer to make up a real version of one that only previously had a fictional existence, the Red Stapler. Okay. Root says he, when he shows up on sets today, the crew has usually ordered several boxes of Red <laughs> I'm sure he's happy to have a legacy, bless him. But no mention point. of the fact that you get it in the DVD site. I'm quite so, surprised no one's put that in there. So there's there's my information that Wikipedia can't yeah. even have. See? Yeah. And if they need citation to put it in there, this is citation for you. Yes. So we are offering <laughs> you Wikipedia <laughs> we citations. Do, we should do that. We'll be citation number 10 in that uh, in that bit. Wait, uh, number 11, sorry. We, number 11, what? The whole of the Office Space page? Oh, no. No, never mind. Sorry. My bad. Um, I, oh. I, was, I was thinking... The red stapler had one to ten, but it didn't. It was because it has twenty-six and then forty-two and then ten. I don't remember how. Uh, how this look at the bottom. You'll find yeah. your citations at the bottom. Um. By the way, can I look at your bottom? I want to see your of citations. Course. <sighs> Office space idle idle profits. It is a free-to-play idle clicker. Offers in-app purchases. I am going to see if this game is available, because if it is, I'm guessing it was released in 2017, so... It's pretty close to gettable. Yeah. But unlike the film, I'm sure it's... Space. I've just given up on um, the uh, Simpsons tapped out. It was fun while it lasted. Office Space Idle Profits, yep. Well, that's my new obsession. Oh. Oh, just Stephen Root, his his whole. I just want to see more and more. And so the worst, I, the worst I, thing about talking about Stephen Root in this film is it undercuts the array of character actors here. Yeah, you yeah, have Richard right, Real, who is just yeah. so fucking good with his jump to conclusions, Matt stuff. John C. McGinley, 
you know, again, yeah. he's got that great stature that you think he's going to punch someone, but he's got the adorable boyish <laughs> charm of someone who, you know, like a puppy dog. I, he's so good at being seemingly threatening and then immediately just the nicest, charmingest person. Gary Cole, I just am... perfect arsehole. <laughs> Dave one... weird, weird charm. I, st- I spotted one tiny Dr. Cox moment in um in the film with oh. John C. McGinley. But for the most part, oh, it was oh, like... Oh, right, really? I thought it was going to say yeah. with Ron Livingston. <laughs> um, Who also is awesome, um, by the way. Yeah, the, the two bobs, um, the meetings oh, yeah. that they were having, that could have gone on for longer. I, I would have loved to see more of that. I was hoping to see more of... Interview everyone at Initech. I, yeah, I wanted to see more of the interview with the uh, the, the big boss. What's his name? Uh, you know, I'm gonna need you to go ahead and yeah, number yeah. I wanted to see I wanted to see that go on longer. <laughs> yeah, it's just that's the most go, go ahead and extend it by about three hours, please. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it. I just I would never have expected that to be where it goes. Um, <laughs> In terms of, you know, they kind of... They, they, like straight, think, up, oh, they, they straight up Superman 3, this thing. They all become yeah. Richard well, Pryor. <laughs> yeah, even that. But also, even before that, with the whole... Suddenly he's... He's gone clear. <laughs> I don't know. He's, he's like, calm. Oh, and oh, he's the just part like, where it's like, hey, if you get out the indoctrination of the cult, that is business. Yeah people start thinking oh my god this free thinking individual is actually the guy we should cotton on to even though he has no ideas elon musk yeah <laughs> we'll keep um, promoting him and saying he's doing great work even though he's doing fuck all it's kind of probably going to eventually burn the, everything to the <laughs> ground by accident or by some virtue fuck everything up elon musk well i yeah i would never have guessed that it would have um turned into no, yeah i don't feel like going in and just and then i thought it was going to be him losing his job or something and it doesn't it goes complete opposite it's, yeah i just hey what about Diedrich bader Diedrich bader yeah what a mustache on that guy oh yeah yeah no that he, he was quite fun. Again, not enough of him. Not enough of what any of this film. Well, it's an hour and twenty-three minutes before credits. Yeah. It's not enough of anyone, but there's it's a wonderful array of you know what is it's not enough of everyone, but it's the highlights of everyone. There's not a duff scene. Yeah. It's not a moment where you go, Well, that could have been on the cutting room floor. I didn't need that. Every single every single moment hits out of the park. Yeah. By that the it, I mean the printer. <laughs> printer out of the park because that printer gets fucked up rightly so yeah yeah ah <sighs> just so good so how do you feel about uh, offices nowadays cubicles and enclosed spaces do you do you fetishize them do you find that aesthetic pleasing now i still find it aesthetically pleasing yeah um what about if you're stuck in the basement having to deal with cockroaches instead? That was... I, I just want more and more. Um, his whole performance. And I, at one point, I was watching, I was just like, could you imagine being on the set and doing these scenes with him? And how tough it would have to be for you to try and talk over him as he's just, like, muttering away and you're like, you know, you, you feel like you need to listen to him, you know, you... But also, you you know, don't break because you'll go to court. Yeah, 
Because and the I... way he instinctively tunes in the moments of the muffled stutter is just pristine. It's just perfect. And I was I was thinking like I I, I wonder if there's any um outtakes and I'm like, no, no, I don't want to see any out. I don't want to see, see how people out, but... acted outside of the characters. The characters are so perfect but in the world. I tell you, I would like to see outtakes where he doesn't break, but the others do. And and then just and he's just he's just there carrying on. That would that I would like to see, but anything else, no. Um, <laughs> I'm already on YouTube looking for Milton. I reckon he, he and his wife engaged in some sort of exciting, you know, <laughs> <laughs> late night Miltony. She's like, oh, God. Just... Bring, bring it home, baby. Bring it home. Root this character into the ground. <laughs> I've taken the red spe- your red stapler. There's only one way you can get it back. <laughs> erotic play that way. I don't know how many red staplers he's got. He's just over here. He's in his house and there's like a red stapler just piling out of it. Poor guy. If he, if he gets it, um, if he gets it when he goes on some new sets. <laughs> oh, I wonder what Kevin Smith did. <laughs> oh, well, he changed the name of the film. To red stapler. <laughs> I would totally do that with the slates. <laughs> red stapler. Oh. Team three, take one. Oh god, this is perfect. I just, yeah. My only disappointment in it is that it was only eighty-nine minutes long. I, I want so much more. But you know what that means. What? Next time you watch it, it'll only be 89 more minutes to enjoy yeah. every single moment again <laughs> and appreciate all the rich depth of the church keys. Oh, God, yeah. What would you rather have? A case of coronavirus or a case of the Mondays? <laughs> What's more deadly? <laughs> I did love that bit. Have you ever, you ever had anyone tell you you got a case on the Mondays? Not no, me. No, never. <laughs> Fuck that shit, man. <laughs> oh, Peter oh, just no. bringing that heavy. And the, the idea, the fact that they can hear each other through the, through the walls, and the little throwaway line of when they're, when they're planning the, um, the Superman 3 thing, and he goes, right, we can't tell anyone. And then it's just here. I won't tell anyone. It's that perfect comedy of you set it up three or four times, but then you've given it another 20 minutes, and then suddenly, hey, that thing. And the audience 100% knows it's there, but hopefully you've just left it long enough that it's like, oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> and they enjoy, they we enjoy the experience of something we already know being reinstated in a great, funny way. It's like a comedy that's well-written. I'm I'm quite surprised as well that they didn't use um, uh, Jennifer Aniston as I was expecting them to. The the character who comes in twenty six minutes into the film with her first lines. Yeah, well, no, I just thought when he got into a relationship with her, I thought we were going to see more of them in a relationship, like you know, kissing and whatnot, and you know, because sexy actress, friend, yeah, and actress. sexy actor, yeah. And and from what I can recall, they don't even they don't ever kiss. There's like one little shot of them uh, cuddled up on the sofa together. 
which is bed watching Kung Fu at one point as well. Oh yeah. Um, but one of those two scenes is cut <laughs> short by the um, next door neighbor again. Chill on Channel Nine. So yeah, I was quite, I was pleasantly surprised that they didn't go down the the normal route. Well, they kiss at the he, end. Yeah. Before yeah. he goes to uh, hand over the note. A kiss yeah. outside is like one final Bonnie and Clyde getaway. But yeah, no, honestly, I was expecting much more of of um, them using her like that, and I'm kind of glad they didn't. No, she's a character. Um, she's yeah. got agency. Yeah. She's got annoyances about the workplace situation she's stuck in, and a sense of humour. It's almost like you know, and I'm, I, I hasten to say this, but Jennifer Aniston is a fine comic actress with oh, the yeah. ability to choose the right projects at times and people don't ever respond to that because they expect her to do some crappy rom-com because she did like one or two maybe at mm. one point in a career and or or was the wife character kind of bullshit she's she can um, do cake and cake is really underrated i like cake and the um yeah the flair thing i just love like i yeah, I would. I would be one of those people who would get loads because. Oh yeah, you wouldn't bear minimum that shit. No, no. You want distractions um, all over your body. It reminded me of there's a thing at Disneyland, isn't there, where they have pins and uh, class members. Oh, you talk to me to... uh, like I've ever been able to afford to or have ventured into Disneyland. I mean, I've only ever done like Paris when I was like barely. Oh, you got it. to go to Paris once. I ordered. I managed to get a free yeah one of those free uh, tour video things. When they're trying oh, to promote yeah. it, because I wanted to see what it was like and try and maybe convince my parents. They have none of it, but we got to watch the video a bunch of times because we had the video. Oh. That's the best I could do. Um, but like, I, but I don't. Sorry, <laughs> but no, I don't. I, I didn't do this when I, I don't remember this at all. I just I only I like, like learned about it. Go into Paris back when they could and scream, "Andy's coming!" And then they'd all just stop what they're doing. And then I go, yeah, I'm just kidding. It's me. I'm Andy. I'm not coming. Yeah. Hey, um, hey Woody. Have you, Fuck off us. Have you heard Come about us. the, apparently the Disney cast members um, have uh, like badges, flair, I suppose, um, Disney badges that apparently you can go up to them and swap with them if you've got Badges and stuff. So I think, he, and I, I think they're not allowed to say no. So if you're working at Disneyland and you've got a really nice badge on, and someone asks to swap it with you for something else, you have to give it. And it's like, yeah. What? Yeah, it's a whole thing. It's a whole collectible thing. I think that's Disneyland. I don't understand all these Disneyland myths. Badges. Pins, pin badges. Um, Disneyland. Like these code words to get cast members to do certain things. And the supposed yeah. tunnels under Anaheim. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Where, where theoretically they claim body might be frozen under, but it's definitely not a thing or his head or some bullshit. Just <laughs> leave a man who was, you know, kind of mean at times. Let him be dead. <laughs> It's fine. You've got Disney Plus now. Isn't that better for you? <laughs> uh, let's see. Pin traders, Disneyland pin traders, Disneyland pin trading. Um, designates pin is the 
Buying and trading of collectible pins and related items featuring Disney characters, action, attractions, icons, events, and other elements. It's a hobby officially supported and promoted by Disney. Um, many thousands of unique pins have been created over the years for a limited time. Base price is $9.99, limited edition pins um, and special ones that have a dangle pin-on-pin flocking lent- lenticular. Lenticular. Light-up, moving element, 3D element, like cost up to $17.99. Jesus. Um, is that with tax? <laughs> featured artist and jumbo pins cost between $20 and $35. Super jumbo uh, cost upwards of and jumbo. sometimes beyond jumbo. $125. <laughs> Released what? at special events, movie premieres. Oh, so I wonder if my, um, my Tomorrowland pin is... No, special. Probably no, not. it's not. Um, if, you can't right. get to, if it doesn't take you to Tomorrowland, <laughs> it's not special. Pins are released at special events, movie premieres, pin trading events, or to commemorate the opening day of a new attraction. Some pins have appreciated well on the secondary market and have reached prices of over $2,000 uh, on eBay. Pins debate the ethics of people who buy pins from the parks in bulk and then inflate the price to sell later on platforms like eBay. Most pins are enamel or enamel cloisonne with a metal base. The backs of each pin is very sharp because they're a fucking pin. Yeah, kind of. Should be used with care by young collectors. So how much is the uh, revamped Splash Mountain pin going to (laughs) be once they've removed... Rare rabbit and such, and decided, hey, you know what? We're going to go full princess and the frog. Despite, you know, Jim Cummings' is, um, questionable nature. <laughs> In all Disney resorts, a large variety of pins are available for purchase and trade. Most merchandise cast members wear pins on lanyards around their necks okay. or on a pin display card or a hip lanyard. Um, clips to their belt, additional cast members. I think you'll find a hip lanyard is any lanyard because lanyards are hip. Some managers choose to wear lanyards, creators are not permitted. Some cast members wear teal coloured lanyard. I'm trying to see where it says that they have to give it. I'm sure that's a thing. Well, I tell um, you, who has going to have to give it? Go on. DMX. <laughs> and he's going to have to give it to you. Going to give it to you. Oh, oh, here we go. The cast members may not decline a particular trade based on preference on or rarity of the pin, but may decline if the pin is not acceptable or pin trading rules are not being observed. So if you pin them down and say trade pin, <laughs> they say that ah, it's not quite That's the not same. That's not my kind of pin. And then you say, yeah, but this is a knife. And say, well, that's Crocodile Dundee. Cast members have oh. differently coloured lanyards that determine what age group can trade for those pins. A green lanyard worn by a cast member means that children of 12 years of age and younger can only can trade for pins on the lanyard in Walt Disney, Florida. Or you say um, you want to make sure you get a green one because the kids aren't going to know shit. <laughs> I just find this fascinating. Don't each, guest may only trade two, each guest may only trade two pins with the same cast member in one day. If the cast member gives his or her lanyard to a different cast member, a guest may trade again with the new cast member, even though the physical lanyard is the same. This is great. This, this is why Disney are working to create clones so that <laughs> everyone can say, no, we're actually, you know, you've <laughs> traded with me twice today already. 
Although we haven't met yet, because we're the same person. Check our DNA, bitch. So make sure you've grown your beard long enough. Shave twice, and then go shave. Keep your moustache. Cut it down. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Keep your moustache. Mutton chops. Then trade... trade, (laughs) Then take your glasses off. And you've got to change your... I want that... I want that really... uh, I want that blurry one there. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know why I've deep dived into this. I just find it fascinating. The thing is, how does that get started and thus become institutionalized? Because that seems yeah. like a a lot of effort to create something and know that exists within the community and work with it. That just seems like some sort of throwaway idea that shouldn't be so invested. Well, so intricated into the world. The specifics of what makes a pin acceptable for trading varies from park to park. From Disneyland plus, plus. and California Adventure Parks, the cast members are instructed not to accept pins that have a clasp or brooch-style backing. Um, this limitation is new as of 2008 and notable because it bars cast members from accepting pins that Disney specifically designed and made in the 1980s. Wow. The new rule is about the... Uh, about the pin backing type is printed on brochures and certain informational board. They have a whole. They've probably got a fucking building for this for all the information you need. It's just part but of like, the Imagineer kind of stuff, right? Yeah. In Disneyland Paris, brochures, so they do give you a little bit of a heads up if you do read the small print. Yeah. In Disneyland oh. Paris, the cast members are instructed not to accept pins because with any of the following origins: right. Euro Disney, Kodak, <laughs> Arthur's Bertrand, Disney uh, Store. Spain, also called Sedesma pins, or Germany, also called Pro pins. Quite racist. Uh, this is a partial list of Disneyland Paris cast member instructions. The full instructions are in French and worn on the cast members' trading lanyards. Pin collectors can customize displaying their pins because of the wide variety of them. Um, right, pin etiquette. To trade a pin with a Disney cast member, the pin must be made of metal and have a representation of a Disney character, park, attraction, icon, or other official affiliation. Ah, so, now Disney have bought a bunch of yeah. very big <laughs> companies here, so that does now include if it's just got Bruce Willis sighing, because you can claim, well, it's uh, Die Hard Five. What about um? I've got I've got some family who've got some questionable um. Uh, what are those uh black and white minstrel kind of characters? What do you call them? Black and white minstrels. Yeah, no, no, the character. Uh, oh, the G, something wog. You know what oh, I mean? Golly. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I remember seeing these as a kid, like pinned the up. The old Robertson's uh, thing, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so I wonder if you could get away <laughs> with going to Disneyland. With it's a, it was an early test of Goofy. Yeah, just try and convince. What? Oh no, what? this is Disney. I'm a racist representation from a very, very old time that only stopped about ten years ago. Yup. It's a good way to get rid of them, isn't it? Oh, no, no, it's definitely a Disney. You, oh, you clearly must be new here, mate. <laughs> right. So, um, now, okay, look, uh, Fox Searchlight. Right. They released Shame. <laughs> so. Can we get so? Can we swap some fatty penis? This is only the first. The first point of pin etiquette. The second is. I'm always thinking immediately about my uh, the first point of pin etiquette. Yes, first point of pin etiquette, of course, is you don't talk about pin etiquette. Uh, Second point of pin etiquette is that if if it's your first pin, you must prick yourself. (laughs) 
guests must trade with cast members one pin at a time. Um, <laughs> I can't do with the pin with the pin back in place. Pins have functional sharp p- posts. Guests can take up to ten, two pin trades per cast member per day. Okay. Refrain from touching another person's pin or lanyards. Ask to see the pin so they can bring the pin over into closer view. But hold up a second. The, the, the pin etiquette is written on the lanyard, so if you can't just willingly touch the lanyard to discuss this, maybe you're immediately breaking pin etiquette by mm. asking you don't know this, and thus they can refuse. And this is a wormhole of a problem. As of 2020, all pins must wear face masks. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> no, of course not, because, you know, who cares about safety? The pin that is traded to the cast member cannot be a duplicate of any pin they already have on their lanyard. No money can exchange hands on Disney property or, exchange, or in exchange for a pin. No money can exchange hands on Disney property. Yeah, just full stop that. Uh, yeah. Let's have uh, Disney become a a, a a wonderful utopia of freedom and love. Oh, I've got my friend in uh, America has mm. shown me she's got some pins of her own and she, she does it a bit. Now, um, by this you're referring to her as her legs, right? Yes. <laughs> Perfect. You pin pervert. Build a pin Introduced in 2002, retired in 2004. Guests okay. could personalise pins, bases with character add-ons. Jeez, this is so... Why, why haven't they done a documentary on this for Disney Plus yet? Oh, because they don't want to highlight the pin problems of the 80s. <laughs> I guess, like, look, we don't want to take down Michael Eisner's push for pin properties and pin etiquette back then. There were over. I, 100- I don't want to screw it up because you might write another book about me. There are over 100,000 pins available. Well, like Jesus overall, Christ. or 100,000 types of pin? Overall. Okay, it's not so much. Wow. I mean, just makes you wish that they, uh, Flair uh, at TGI Friday. Although it wasn't TGI Friday in the film, was it? So why, why is it TGI Friday? Is it supposed to be. T- yeah, it's, it's it's a take of a TJ Friday style restaurant. Oh, right. It's not an actual restaurant then. Tchotchkes. Yeah. The name Tchotchke is referring to that kind of like, hey, look, here's some fun items we've got on the shelf. Isn't that make us fun and quirky? Oh, Tchotchke, um, I, it sounded like a legit place. I thought I'd seen that oh, no. before. No. No, they would well, not get licensing right for that to then just uh, say, hey, look, it's a part of the shit place. It's horrible. <laughs> but Inatech, of course, is a wonderful company, and we respect their work they did. Yep. And R.I.P. the uh, Austin building they had. Have I? Have I won? I no, no, never found out what happened to that place. It's just spontaneously combusted. Yeah. Strange. I, I, yeah, I did kind of think I would like to see how he started that, but also not not seeing it is really great. <laughs> What do you mean? Have I won you over on It's a fire. It just yeah. happens. You understand how fire works, right? Yeah, and he just happened to be saying that he was going to set the place on fire. If yeah. he listens closely, but no one ever fucking listens to him. No one listens. I didn't, I didn't hear him. <laughs> yeah, because you were too busy talking over him. Well, I was having a nice slice of cake, thank you very much. <laughs> oh, the cake. 41st, good for Bill. The poor cake. 
But yeah, that poor cake got split up into a right amount of uh, slices for everybody to enjoy a slice of cake. Uh, and <laughs> just when he's like, oh, but last time I, I had to hand the cake over and I didn't get any cake last time. And it's like, oh, it's going to happen again. And the woman next to him, she doesn't even look at him and she, she clearly knows. She, you know, he's been told, take a cake, hand it over until you can't hand over the cake because the person next to you has already got a piece of cake, then that's your cake. She hasn't tried to hand it over to him because if she would, she'd know that he doesn't have a piece of cake, so she has to hand it over to him. But she didn't even try. She she knew it's like she she figured it out already. And I would have just been like, no, no, the rule is you keep handing it over. It's so she, really it should be whoever's closest to the cake wouldn't get a slice of cake. And whoever was closest to the cake was uh the birthday boy himself. So Lumberg. Lumberg. Fucking Lumberg. Yeah, but uh... It doesn't matter because uh, Milton shouldn't get cake because it's, you know, he doesn't work there. <laughs> He's not an employee. doesn't get paid. That's absolutely heartbreaking when you're just saying, like, oh, uh, yeah, he, he, he's not he's not technically worked here for five years. We fixed the problem. Oh, there was a glitch in payroll, so yeah. he has to fix the glitch. Oh, so you told him that he doesn't work here. Oh, no, we didn't do that. We just fixed the glitch. The rest will sort itself out. <laughs> that is such a... It's a thing that management would do, you know? <laughs> and they, oh. just, they don't want to say anything to him. <laughs> just... Oh, man. I loved it. I loved it so much. Um, sorry for deep diving into pins, but I, have I won you over on pins? Would oh, no, you... I'm never going to have a pin. You wouldn't, you wouldn't go pin hunting? If you ever went no, to Disneyland, I have no interest in pins. I Why think it's I... interesting. I'm going to get a load of Gollywood pins. <laughs> with you. And just stand on the sidelines as I watch that Disney cast member get fired <laughs> and they cancelled. <laughs> on on your way out, can I have your lanyard? <laughs> God. I'm ready for the question, I suppose. <laughs> More importantly than anything else, though, of course, though, is um, when do they get to kick children? What? These Disney performers. When do they start getting to just kick back at the children who I'm assuming are absolute arsehole? <laughs> Spoiled kids who get to hang out in Disneyland. Like, yeah. I see them get their asses kicked by, you know, Woody <laughs> Buzz and Hercules. <laughs> they take them into the, the underground tunnels to do that. They, no, they the choose... the, no, the tunnels are for, you know, industry. They can't take kids down there for the magic. That, that's what they They say, need but... to be seen being beaten up. That's the important <laughs> part. Kids Obviously... need to have the revolution where they realise, oh, shit, just because <laughs> our what... parents are rich doesn't mean we get to, you know, be assholes who get to go to Disneyland. We have to suffer this. See, I've got an image of, like... Um... One child gets chosen every day to be the victim, like <laughs> to take the front for all the children. No, as no, 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 no. Child... Every child needs to suffer. <laughs> as soon as the child is alone, um, Mickey Mouse comes and grabs him, like, like Leatherface, and, <laughs> and takes his chainsaw ring, 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 ring. Picks, him from, picks him up from behind and drags him into the tunnels. <laughs> oh, hey, come along! <laughs> and. And it's just a I have such revolving, pleasure to show you. It's a revolving door. 
of different characters going into this like tunnel entrance and you hear the child getting beat <laughs> this, this episode oh, this is <laughs> this is one of, the fa- one of my favourite episodes <laughs> oh god let me hurry up because I need to watch it again <laughs> Why do you want to watch it when you can watch Office Space? I need to watch Office Space again. Are you mad that you watched Office Space? Not at all. Not at all. Are you mad the uh, business structure of the 90s that inherently the workplaces have never really evolved and are still stuck, despite having everyone having seen Office Space in the same kind of rut that Office Space is satirising back in 1999? I, f- I should be mad, but then if we didn't have that, we didn't we wouldn't have the film. I am yeah, but, mad yeah, but, yeah, but still, still, yeah, the film still exists, and we could still get rid of that, like TGI Fridays. Yeah, true. Let, let's TGI Fridays the workplace. Oh, one last question, actually, before you ask the main one, is the the um the cubicles thing mm. like that I've seen in this and. Um, and Matrix and stuff like that. Is it an American thing, primarily? I can't, I can't think of any office spaces that are Possibly like more that. American. It's, it's more when you've got a lot more space, but you still need to have people doing individual parts and structuring yeah. an organisation in a large open area. Because yeah. otherwise you're going to work in an open space, and that's, you know, that means people will be working and communicating with each other, and thus your various groups and different departments might integrate and then lose the plot of what they're actually meant to do because <laughs> suddenly they're working the whole company as opposed to their job. And you want, it's like bling, it's like blinders on a horse. Yeah. Put the blinders yeah. on, they're going to race really quickly. Put, take the blinders off. Oh, there'll be a nice horse dancing around and being happy in their life. <laughs> and we love horses who are happy. We don't stand for sad horses. Yeah. I feel like, um, it's a primarily an American thing of the big floors with yes. like grey cubes. If you have the scope and size, yeah, let's do that. You yeah. don't have scope and size. We've got weight and girth though. <laughs> Something. It is now. Thank you. Finally, everyone, <sighs> needs, everyone needs to know. Everyone now, of course, is that uh, are you movie mad for Mike Judge's Office Space? Hell yes, yes. I can't remember the last time I've been this movie mad for a film. I told you, I told you this was going to be the one. I, I'm really surprised I loved it this much. Um, and I owe you a debt of gratitude. Actually, I don't because I really introduced it to cats. So I think we're. I think yeah, we're. So even you owe now. me even more than that now. I think we're even... No, because remember, I introduced you to Cats, the Broadway show, the West End show. Yeah, um, no, I didn't see and that. And then Cats, the... Show. I saw this uh, this crappy DVD rip yeah. of VHS performance. And, and then I introduced you to, to the musical film. Adaptation. You didn't introduce me to that film. I did, I mean... No, because you, you hadn't seen it. the film when we went to see it, so we went to see it... We opened, I'd seen we it went... in my dreams. Um, well, I saw it like this, that kind and of... Then I, and then I... called Taking Again. And then I made us do a commentary. Um, so we're just about even. It's a lot like that other John C. McGinley film. Seven. Oh. <laughs> you made me fucker. <laughs> well, how 
I am very intrigued. Also, oh, one more. <laughs> oh, Alden Colombo's here. What do you have to say? <laughs> um, I saw that. Uh, what was the film you mentioned last week by uh, by? What's it called, sir? Extract, the other Mike Judge film that we're not watching in this series. Is it? Is it seen as a spiritual sequel to this? I mean, by virtue of the fact that he wrote and directed a film that also has a workplace-ish environment, you could say that. But uh, if is it seen as a spiritual sequel by anybody? No. Is it referred to as? the film that we don't talk about yes <laughs> yeah extract is also sent in office and was meant to be a companion piece to office space so it makes me want to watch extract now yes and then you'll go <laughs> oh my god office space is a miracle <laughs> because how do you mess up beth grant and Fleck? but we're not watching extract next week well Seriously. you've already said what we're watching next week haven't you <laughs> Oh yeah, no, we're we're judging we're we're judging December. Yeah. So next week's film is we're we're, we're going to nearly end twenty twenty with a look at the last four years in American culture. Because we're going to be living in an idiocracy. Right. Yeah. Well then, I suppose. No, 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 Johnny. Yes. Oh yeah, we're supposed to. Sorry. My God, this is why I host the show. Oh, you can't yeah. host a damn show. I have yeah. no idea what you're doing hosting any shows. Where can we find you? Um, you can find me hosting the uh, Backstage of the Bluebird podcast. If that can't be a good podcast if you're one in control of that. What, I 14 do episodes and counting? Hmm. Too many. Um, but you can also find me at movie underscore mad on Twitter and on Instagram. Where can we find you? Are you movie underscore mad? It's on Twitter and Instagram. But where can uh, we find you? At Ethan Rods on Twitter. There we go. I don't have an Instagram. I don't have a nice face to look at, so it doesn't you matter. Do. I really don't. Especially now we have to wear face masks. Yeah, that just highlights the my eyes, which are full of you know sadness. Mm-hmm. Because Milton didn't get to have his red state. Oh, I know. Well, those travelers checks, you could buy many red staplers. Couldn't, couldn't until two thousand and two. So, <laughs> um, share our luck. Are you movie underscore mad? Are you movie mad at hotmail.com? Are you movie underscore mad on Twitter? Are you movie mad at hotmail.com? Email us, get in touch with us, talk to us, say hi, ask how we're dealing with, you know, life in December of 2020. Not well. Um, are you movie mad on Facebook? Yep. Search for Are You Movie Mad Pod on Facebook. You'll find us there. Hey, YouTube, Are You Movie Mad? Get your yep. episodes up once my computer stops going. Oh, you've got not enough memory to do this anymore. And I'm like, oh, I can't afford another fucking hard drive. <laughs> oh, things are going well. It's been a, it's been a, it's been a day when I had to find all the temporary memory and try and wipe it off, so I've got enough gigabytes to oh. render a damn thing anymore. <sighs> and don't forget Fridays. What's happening Fridays? Backstage at the Bluebird. Every week we look at a new episode and well, new to oh. Andrew episode on oh, Nashville. Well, Nashville. Yeah. The TV Nashville. show. The TV show. The ABC. Twenty twelve to twenty seventeen. Um, that sounds about right. 
Uh, let me check. Was it 2013 to 27? No, that's going to be 2012. 2012 to 2018. 2018. Yeah. Wow. Seven seasons. Mm -hmm. Six seasons. Six well, seasons. I think they took it. They on this so week. It was 20, yeah, because it was 2018 I went to Nashville. So I remember I, saw, nice. I watched episodes of the final season in Nashville, which was quite exciting. I watched a bit of Blackish when I was in Los Angeles. <laughs> Is that the same thing? Yeah. And, sure. and, and caught the start of an episode of Designated Survivor before switching off ABC. <laughs> um... Yeah, join us every Friday. So as we we're getting closer and closer yeah, to the end of so season one, it's exciting. To go ahead, join us every Friday. Yeah. Well, that last last time I, I joined you on a Friday, you wouldn't let me speak. I need you to go I, ahead. I, I'll I tried, you, to, I tried to join. I'll get you another. I'll get you another memo. Let me choose the episodes. And, just go um, ahead and uh, join us. Maybe just me. burn this whole podcast down every Friday. Next week, I think. And this place to the ground. Yeah. I think next week we're going to take a trip to idiocracy and uh, need you to come and listen to that episode. I think it's going to be. I, I haven't had my paycheck yet. My paycheck hasn't arrived. Just go ahead and just go ahead and rate you subscribe. Paycheck hasn't hasn't arrived yet. Are you movie mad? As part of the Podnose Network, the UK's leading independent entertainment podcasting network, produced and edited by Andrew Jones, executive producer George Grimwood. To find out more about Podnose's network, go to www.podnose.com.